Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about seven healing limiters that slow runners down. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running, even if you've been injured. Today I was out on a run on San Bruno Mountain and it was a great day. I was running in the sun and I was just trying to think about like what are the things that really slow runners down in terms of healing because the whole key with training efficiently is to avoid an overtraining injury and to really train as hard as possible to do as much tissue damage as possible and then rebuild that tissue before you do your next hard workout so that you can actually increase your fitness, increase your strength, increase your speed and continue training all that backfires when you get injured. So if you're listening to this, you may be one of those runners who is actually recovering from an actual overtraining injury. But if you're not, then you're probably recovering from your last workout. So the whole point here is that, you know, there are really a bunch of things that we can do. And I'm not talking about changing to some new fad diet. I'm not talking about hiring a different coach. I'm not talking about switching it up and doing a different kind of speed work or anything like that. I'm thinking about the really simple limiters, the things that we all do that we can easily capitalize on, that we can easily take into our training, into our daily routine, and actually recover faster. And that is true for you, whether you have a true overtraining injury that sidelined you, or if you're actively in training and you're trying to make sure that you avoid one of those overtraining injuries by making sure that you recover before your next key workout. So let's get into it. All right, now the first thing is sleep. Now, believe it or not, sleep is probably the most abundant and most underutilized resource available to every runner on the planet. I mean, everybody knows that you, you know, you you tear muscles and you injure yourself when you're training, but you actually get stronger when you're sleeping. So you have to sleep efficiently and effectively if you want to heal and get back to running as quickly as possible. That's key. Now, everybody knows sleep's important. I seriously doubt that there's anyone at all who's listening to this that thinks that they don't have to sleep in order to train effectively and race effectively. So we all know that. But, you know, sleep's one of those things that's pretty easy to put on the back burner. I mean, I do this myself. I get super busy. I was just this weekend, I was really super busy. I was lecturing uh, at a medical conference in Las Vegas, the International Foot and Ankle Foundation meeting. I was giving three different lectures, one on stress fractures and what runners, another one on what doctors should do differently when treating tendon and ligament injuries in runners, and, and also one just about the inflammatory process and how inflammation affects runners. And, the, and sleep is key with this. So there's so many things that sleep can either help or hinder in terms of your running training and your fitness and your recovery after hard workouts or when you get an overtraining injury. And we know that sleep is key to the rebuilding process. And we know that if you're sleep deprived, bad things happen, like your cortisol levels go up, your stress hormones go up. All those things are detrimental to the healing process. And there are some super simple things you can do that can actually increase the quality of your sleep. When people hear this, they often start to tune out because they think, okay, well, look, I'm super busy. I have kids. I have a job. I have training I have to do. I I don't really have the capacity to go to sleep two hours earlier, and I certainly can't sleep an hour later, so I don't know where that's going to come from, but there are some simple things you can do. You don't necessarily have to sleep more. You have to sleep more effectively. There's some interesting research on this, and one of the things is that, you know, we all know there's a lot of talk about this now about limiting screen use before bed, like you shouldn't be checking your email right before you go to bed. You shouldn't do things that are going to spin your mind out and keep you preoccupied right before you go to bed. We all know that, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about trying to do some simple things you may not really be thinking about. Now, one of those things is trying to adjust your cortisol levels. One of the things I do that I think has made a big difference in how well I sleep is exercising first thing in the morning. So 
I don't really like to exercise first thing in the morning, truthfully. I'm most effective in terms of the work that I do when I'm early in the day. So I don't really like to spend a lot of time doing long runs. I also, because historically I've done mostly Ironman races, to me, the most important marathons are run in the afternoon because that's when I get off the bike and start to run a marathon. So I like to keep my training kind of matched with my race circumstances. Because of that, for the last, you know, 10 years or so, I've been basically doing all my long runs in the afternoon. That can mess up your sleep, though. And one of the things is, you know, with cortisol, is people talk about it in terms of in the evening, it's kind of the opposite of melatonin, you know, and you don't want cortisol levels high in the afternoon or the evening when you're trying to sleep. One way you can adjust that is that if you actually do some exercise routine early in the morning, it is actually shown to reduce your cortisol levels later in the day. So if you have that mismatch of cortisol where you have not enough cortisol in the morning and too much cortisol in the afternoon, then you wind up with this syndrome of being sort of too tired in the morning and then too wired, you know, the tired and wired routine where you're tired in the morning, you're wired and you can't really sleep that well at night. Well, actually just doing a short exercise routine in the morning helps. So every morning I have a very standard routine. I get up in the morning, I make coffee, I drink coffee. I um, actually listen to an educational podcast or something like that while I'm doing a short exercise routine. So I have some weights, I do sit-ups, push-ups, a number of different things I do every day. It only takes me about 15 minutes, but I actually think that that routine of doing those exercises early in the morning, I think it actually does really help my quality of sleep. That's one simple thing you can do. Now, there's that could be a whole episode, of course, talking about how to increase your sleep. We've got a whole podcast episode on that. But if you want to heal faster, number one is try to increase the quality of your sleep. That can make a huge difference. If you have the luxury of sleeping more, great. Most people don't, but if you do, that's fantastic. But at least if you don't have time to sleep more, Try to do something to increase the quality of your sleep. The second thing that really slows down runners and prevents them from healing as quickly as possible is not having enough water intake. And I really find this one fascinating because I have lots of friends that are runners. I see patients all day who are runners. I talk to runners all day. And we all know that we're supposed to drink water and hydrate before an event. We all take that as a given. So people put all this effort into hydrating before a race but when they get injured or they're not really, you know, they don't think they're actually like recovering from a race, then they don't really hydrate as much. And so it's a fascinating thing because this, again, is like low-hanging fruit to me. It's like if you could just increase your water intake, it could make a huge difference. So you know, one routine is to just try to add like 20 to 30 ounces of water in the morning or throughout the day. And if you think about it, any amount of water you add is going to be an improvement. So I'm not going to try to tell you what the parameters are and exactly how much water you should drink, but... If you made it a habit of drinking an additional 20 ounces of water first thing in the morning or some other time throughout the day, that potentially could increase your hydration. And water is the highway that gets all the nutrients into your system. It's the way that you get the nutrients into your system to rebuild the cells and all of those metabolic waste products, the tissue damage, all of the drainage that has to come out of the damaged cells when you're actually recovering after a hard workout or when you have an overtraining injury you have to have water to get that stuff in and out. So try to drink more water. All right, the third thing that seems to serve as a limiter for runners who are trying to recover from an overtraining injury or a hard workout is nutritional supplements. Now, I take nutritional supplements. I do collagen, I do vitamins, minerals. I take a number of different nutritional supplements for a couple of reasons. One of them is I don't know for a fact what I'm missing. Now, there will probably be a day when you can get thorough testing and determine exactly what vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, like what is actually missing from your diet, but that day is not here yet. And so I re eat a relatively healthy diet, 
but I don't eat the same stuff every day. And I certainly don't eat the same variety of things that I eat during a week. I don't eat them all on the same day and certainly not in the same meal. So I try to cover my bases by taking high quality nutritional supplements, vitamins, minerals, collagen, micronutrients, you know, all of that stuff that we need to have our body optimized. I want it in my system because the simple fact is if you don't have the building materials there to rebuild the tissue, rebuild the cells, repair the cells, you're not going to be able to rebuild as quickly as possible. Every overtraining injury is nothing more than an inability to repair the tissue sufficiently before you put it to use again. So that's why I take nutritional supplements. You have to make sure you have all the building blocks there when your body needs them to repair the tissue as quickly as possible. And number four on the list is eating more frequently. If you really want to get rid of one of the limiters that can slow you down, eat more frequently. When I'm really in heavy training, I carry this thing in my car, which is a particular kind of cooler that has little compartments for meals. I make batch meals. I take four or five of them with me, and I'll get up, I eat breakfast, and then when I take off to go see patients, I'm doing house calls. I eat one of those between every single patient. So every two hours, I'm eating another meal. Now, they're small. It's not a huge meal. But again, your body is rebuilding tissue all day, not three times a day. It's not rebuilding tissue just when you eat a major meal. It's rebuilding tissue all day. The same thing with taking nutritional supplements. If you want the building blocks in, you got to put them in frequently. So that's a simple thing. Just eat more frequently, and then your body is going to have more building blocks available to repair those tissues that you damage when you run. That's another simple thing you can do that will actually help to keep your tissues getting repaired before your next hard workout, and that can make a huge difference. Now, the next thing to talk about is stress and meditation. So, you know, everybody has some level of stress in their life. And the amount of stress you have in your life is going to add up and accumulate and help delay your healing process. It does it for lots of different reasons, lots of different ways. But keep in mind, one of the most common training injuries that runners get is called a stress fracture. It's not called a run too much fracture. So if you have emotional stress, psychological stress, environmental stressors, hormonal stressors, biomechanical stressors, you have all these different forms of stress in your system, then you're going to have a higher level of cortisol stress hormones that can actually contribute to the development of an overtraining injury and inhibit your healing. So if you do something like that's going to help, you know, modulate your stress, reduce your stress, meditation, visualization, yoga, whatever it is that you sort of use as a stress reducing meditative practice, that is going to help you recover faster between your hard workouts and potentially could help you recover a lot faster when you have an overtraining injury and you're really rebuilding and repairing that tissue that you've beaten up in training. So another one of those things you can do that's a very simple routine, it can calm your mind, reduce your cortisol levels, and then physiologically help you heal faster. The sixth thing is stretching. So most runners think that there is some utility in stretching, but very few runners actually do it as a fixed routine with the sort of discipline that they do other things. And again, this is all low-hanging fruit we're talking about. So stretching is something that you can do. It doesn't take a lot of time necessarily. You know, it could take a lot of time. But if you're not stretching at all, stretching some is going to be a huge improvement. If you're only stretching a little, stretching a little bit more can also be a big improvement. So stretching may be one of those things that you can add that's actually going to help you move faster. I mean, if you think about this, if you have major muscle groups that propel you forward, but then you actually have tight hip flexors and muscle groups that oppose those strong muscles that propel you forward. Well, the muscles that are propelling you forward are having to fight against those tight muscles on the other side of your body. 
So in the simplest sense, that's how stretching can actually help you move faster. It just gives you less resistance in the system. So you know, whether or not you believe that stretching will reduce your rate of injury, and I actually do believe that that's true, you know, you may just be able to run faster. So there's some interesting research, and we've got a podcast coming out with the Aquinas expert who talks about this, about that if you actually stretch the Achilles tendon, it will help you run faster. So that's one of those things that you might really want to think about because it could actually make a huge difference for you in terms of not just your decreased risk of an overtrained injury, but also your speed. Now, the seventh thing on the list of limiters that slow runners down is that you're not strengthening everything else. Let's face it, we're runners. We want to run. And we think about the muscles that are considered sort of running muscles, the things on the outside, the things that show, that get stronger, that get more defined, your calves, your quads, your glutes, your hamstrings, all these big muscle groups that we use to propel us forward. We put a lot of work into building strength into those major muscle groups that we think of as the ones that help us run. But your body is an incredible biomechanical machine that uses all these small muscles in concert to help assist those big muscle groups. And when you get fatigued, those less used muscles are the ones that actually keep you moving. So you have to strengthen everything else if you want to run as fast as possible. If you want to recover as fast as possible, the same thing is true. Because it, let's say you have a, a stress fracture in your right foot. Well, if you have one stress fracture in one bone, then that thing needs support. The way it gets support is by strengthening everything around it. And if you're, the whole rest of your system is strong, you can actually absorb forces more dynamically over a longer period of time than if you're weak and uncoordinated and you're landing asymmetrically, you're landing with a lot of force. All of those things happen when you get weak and you've not been training at all, which is, of course, what happens to many runners when they get injured. They're told they have to stop running. They're told they have to stop doing activity. And when they stop doing all that activity, they get weaker, they get less coordinated. And then when they start running again and start ramping up their training again to get back to their previous level of fitness, they're more prone to an overtraining injury. So you have to strengthen everything else. So if you can put time into core strengthening, supporting all of these other muscle groups that actually do help you move forward in just a less, I guess, obvious way that will help you in terms of preventing an overtraining injury and then recovering faster from your current injury and then getting back to running with a decreased risk of injury as well. That's super important. So all of these things here we're talking about, they're all things that make the difference between people who are succeeding and those that are failing, those who are recovering quickly and those who are recovering slowly. You know, many years ago, before I went to medical school, I raced motorcycles professionally. And at one point, when I was finally, I got an expert license, I was racing professionally, this guy that was my mentor, his name is Fred Provis, and Fred told me one day, he said, you know, when you get to this level, the difference between winning and losing may be what you had for breakfast. It really stuck with me because it was true. He said, the truth is, everybody on the starting grid goes almost exactly the same speed. So it is a very, very minor difference. And he said, the difference can be one guy had too much coffee, another guy ate too much bacon. And if you're sluggish or if you're hyped up on coffee, he said, you're not going to be able to focus as well. And literally the difference between first place and fifth may be the focus that you have. Now, that's sort of true in running, too. You know, it's like everybody that you show up in your age group who you're really competing with, everybody at your level that's done the exact same stuff as you in terms of the number of miles, the pace, the speed work, all of that. The big difference is not the amount of hours you put in on the track or on the road. The big difference is in these little things like how much did you sleep? Did you really maximize your recovery? Did you have, 
you know, the water available to get the nutrients in and out? Did you have them available? Did you take nutritional supplements, vitamins, minerals, collagen, micronutrients? Um, did you get all those things into your system? Are you eating more frequently so that they actually are there around the clock when you're building tissue? Are you doing, you know, some stress relieving thing like meditation, visualization, any of those things that help you keep track of the cortisol levels, reduce the cortisol levels, stay on track with your goals? Are you doing those things? Are you doing anything to loosen up the system in terms of stretching? And are you strengthening everything else? All of these things will matter. And again, it's the little things that make the big difference, you know, and once you get to an elite level of competition, everybody is fit. Everybody is physiologically prepared. It's the people with the mental strength and that do the little things that wind up on top. So try to find the low-hanging fruit in your system right now. How can you add a little sleep, a little more water, some more nutritional supplements? How can you eat more frequently? What can you do to stretch and reduce your stress? And how can you strengthen these other parts that will support your overall system as you're recovering? Those are the big keys. So look for your limiters. It's the same as in your training. If you want to get stronger, work relentlessly on your limiters. And it's the same thing here. Find your limiters and you will find some more free speed. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler, in my experience, is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different, and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert, and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You know, I have an appointment with Dr. Seglo, whether it's by Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.